everybody. Welcome back to the Active Dads podcast. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in again. As always, I'm your host, Daniel. With me is the other host, John. What's happening? What's up, man? What are we talking about today? What are we talking about today, Daniel? <laughs> so, we are talking about reducing depression through exercise. Is that possible? But I guess we should probably talk about depression a little bit first mm. before we get into the exercise part. Uh, not the to be cliche, but that's a pretty depressing topic to talk about. It is, especially yeah. on Monday. Ugh, who picked this Especially the Monday. rainy Monday. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be raining. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of been a yeah. terrible Monday. Hey, man. Seasonal depression and weather depression are real things, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah and I'm a winter guy. I love winter, but it's really hard on me. Yeah. Especially the 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 days like today. But I guess maybe we should talk get a little a little down and dirty on depression. Mm-hmm. What what that is and yeah. all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Now are we talking about like clinical depression? Like what are we talking here? I mean I think it's many kinda, forms. Yeah, I know. I mean I think I think, well, yeah, seeing as how neither one of us are medical professionals, maybe right. we need to talk about it in the general sense. Yeah, I think we, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it just kind of covers that whole plethora because, you know, like, I mean, realistically, yeah, I could probably be, be I would be probably con- considered clinically at some level or scale if I actually went to talk to somebody about it. But, it might you know, be something you want to look into. No, I, no, I think I'm good. I think I've just uh, <laughs> I figured out how to cope. My wife will probably tell you the complete opposite, but it does, you know, it'll be easier for me to talk about how I deal with it when we get to the actually reducing it through exercise because that's really how I, <clears throat> how I manage stress um, and depression. Um, there's a couple other ways, but exercise has probably always been my biggest go-to. And it's probably a big driver in my, you know, athletic feats sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so what is depression? Um, as far as, like, definition, yeah, I have yeah. no clue on that. <laughs> so I truly enjoy psychology, but, you know, much like most people, I have dealt with depression at certain points in my life, so I never really dug deep into that. Yeah. But I know that it can be everything from a chemical imbalance to where your body doesn't process right. serotonin. That's why you get on SSRIs, right? Mm-hmm. And other times, man, it can just – so with anxiety and depression, it feels like everything's stacking up and you don't have you know, a way out. You know, right. the things that you used to enjoy in life mm-hmm. really get the volume toned down. The things yeah. you don't enjoy in life, like the volume gets turned all the way up on those things. And, oh, yeah. and it's just a deep, dark hole is how it's usually explained. Yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, for me personally, I'm one of those people that has a hard, hard time not living in the past, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I really, I really tend to focus on, you know, mistakes, not necessarily bad things that happen to me. Mm -hmm. I, I tend to use bad things that happened in my life as a driver for good things in my life. But my problem is, is I get really hung up on my past mistakes uh, you know, things I did wrong, bad decisions, those kinds of things. And while they may not necessarily affect my life now at all, I'm still hung up on things like that. Um, and it's, it's not all the time, but you know, it can be any little thing that just kind of sets you back. Um, and just, you know, you get that thought in your head and it just kind of, it's kind of down, down the hole from there. Um, 
that's one of my one I deal with. You know, anxiety stuff. I mean, it's getting better, but I still deal with it. It kind of comes out of the blue. Um, but yeah, like, uh, just like one of the big ones for me and it's it's something that it's it's part of life and you have to own but it, it goes back to past decisions past experiences but then like you know be like being a dad or being being a husband being a dad and watching like how fast and the reality and how fast time goes by time flies by mm-hmm. um that that tends to be one that's hard for me to mm-hmm. to deal with yeah. um watching those around you get older watching those around you, you know, pass on, um, you know, watching your kid go from three to 13 and, you know, just a blink of an eye. Um, that kind of stuff is what I deal with the most. Um, uh, and I, I mean, everybody's different. So everybody has different things that different triggers, I guess, different things that they're depressed about. Yeah. Um, I actually, uh, I don't mean to interrupt you. I'll let you finish. Right, but <clears throat> I read an excellent quote the other day, and I cannot remember what I was reading it on. I was on a uh, like one of the stoic websites, or it may have been on a Facebook post, yeah. but I was reading it. And it said, the man who lives in the past is sorrowful. The man who mm-hmm. lives in the future is anxious. Mm-hmm. Only the man who lives in the present is happy. Right. Yeah. And like that really hit me because I'm always just like you. You know, I kind of dwell on what I did wrong in the past, yeah. and I'm always anxious to see how my future turns up. So... I have to force myself to live in the present and enjoy the moment right. and be happy, especially when I'm at home. You know, yeah. when I'm at work, I'll do the whole, what have I done in the past? What am I doing in the future thing? Like yeah. that's just a teeter totter for mm-hmm. me. But whenever I'm at home, whenever I'm, you know, doing jujitsu or working out or anything like that, that's my happy time. That's my time to be in the present and right. not to worry about career and all that stuff. Work nice yeah i mean that's uh yeah that's that's the thing like i I think i probably saw that same quote i know i've seen it a bazillion times anyway or at least some similar rendition of that that quote and that's one of those things like it almost aggravates me because that's one of those that my wife will constantly when i kind of get into one of those weird moods like she'll constantly remind me of stuff like that which it it doesn't I'm not angry at her, I'm just angry at the fact that I want to I want to understand that and I want to apply that to my life, but realistically, if I do it, I'm just doing it in front of you to make you feel better about my about where I'm at because yeah. it's not one of those it's a lot of people think and, and you'll hear it, um a lot of people think you can just flip a switch. Just flip the switch. Just flip it and you'll be fine. Just stop just, being sad, man. Just think, just think the opposite of the way you're thinking. Think it's happy like, thoughts. You know, I really wish I could do that. And and like I said, I can in front of you. I can sit there and play it along all day long, and I do that a lot. Just so people don't. I don't want to be a. I don't want it to be a burden on other people. You know. Mm. Um, and I know you know, it's been a burden on my wife and my and my even my son. You know, I try to keep it from him as much as I can because Lord knows I don't want him to feel like that's some part of his life that he needs to dwell in, which, you know, he, he tends to not, um, he does have, he does have some of the anxieties and things that I've, that I have, which, you know, I, I hate because he picked that up from me, I'm sure. Um, some of the things I worry about, things like that, but I don't see, he does, I don't see issues with depression with him. 
he's more like my wife. Um, but it's tough. It's tough to be because you almost feel like you're trying to live kind of like a double life because um, you're trying to be one way at home and around your family members, and then you're just the complete opposite when you're not around. I mean, um, reality is I'm an extrovert, you know, or extrovert. I'm terrible introvert. introvert from you know i mean it, that's my thing like i'm an introvert but almost it, i'm so introverted i hate being lonely you know or i hate being alone a lot mm-hmm. um so i don't know it's i can talk in circles about this stuff and you just have like what did he just say like i don't understand what he's saying at all <clears throat> um but yeah i mean it's it's a big issue and it's a it's not and honestly i think um with covid the past two years i think it's i think the issue's probably grown some now it's not necessarily covid's fault mm-hmm. but you know i think some of the ways that we we tried to handle the pandemic yeah. is probably aided in a lot of those problems for all 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 sex of people which you know you know, older people, younger people, and even kids now who've had, you know, who've lost sports, who've lost, you know, uh, band concerts, who lost, a, you know, a year, year and a half of being in school with their friends. Um, I mean, most people think, well, they're kids, they're resilient, they'll get past that. But then think back to when we were kids, you know, we, you know, we didn't necessarily go through that. Mm-hmm. So it's different. I mean, the big thing is, is will they be okay? Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Is that optimum yeah. for them? You know, same thing we talk about diet. Mm-hmm. Is this diet okay? Well, yeah, but it's not optimal. Right. Is that okay for their development? Yeah. yeah, like you said, they're resilient. Mm-hmm. You know, you bounce them on their head, they're fine. But is that optimum for their social development? Right. Of course not. No. no, like staring at a screen. I thought we were trying to reduce screen time. Yeah. And now you got second graders sitting in front of a screen for six hours a day. Yeah. Talking to the computer, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty counterproductive there, pal. Exactly. I mean and you know, how's that how does that translate into uh college or, you know, seniors and juniors and kids graduating going moving into the real world? I mean, right. like real jobs, college, yeah, those types of things. I mean Yeah. Well I mean it was tough on everybody. I mean, you can yeah. look at the statistics, you know, depression, even um, you know, instances of suicide like skyrocketed during the lockdown just because yeah. people didn't have that little social gathering or that social support whenever they really needed it. And yeah. it was easy for those who were depressed to stay inside, you know, oh, yeah. you take a depressed person who works at office, you're like, Hey man, you get to work from home now. I'm like, Oh cool. So even though they were forced to socialize, they were still getting something out of it because yeah. human beings are social animals. Yeah, and then I mean, you lock them up in his house and it's like, Oh, well I can just have my groceries delivered. I, I can mean, just the, Uber Eats, yeah. you know? I mean, that's the thing. Like, as introverted as I am, if any, if you've worked at an organization any time, the mm. reality is, is you probably have made friends there. Right. Whether whether they're at least social friends outside yeah. of work or not, they're, and, you know, I, the way I look at, at my, my staff and the people I work with, I, I consider those people family. I mean, now we probably don't, we not all of us probably hang out together outside of work, but... There's some amount of satisfaction that you get out of being there with those people day in and day out. I mean, you have to. Like, I can't, there's no way I can spend 40 plus hours a week. I mean, that's more time than I spend with my family, my, my family at home mm-hmm. re- in reality. 
So there's not really, I don't see there's any way that you can't make connections. You can't create relationships with those people. And you look for, I mean, there's obviously some of those people when they walk in the door, you want to throw up. But then there's <laughs> others that realistically, you know, hey, I can't wait to see so-and-so and have a discussion or talk to them about this or talk to them about something I saw over the weekend or, or whatever. So, I mean, people, is like I said, as introverted as I am, we still crave connection. We still crave conversation. Um and you take that away, and it's like, oh, yeah, you get to work from home. So, you know, I get it. Some of these people are still working from home, and they've seen, like, three people in two years, you know. And it's probably somebody, the the window person at Starbucks and, you know, whatever restaurant. And those are the only people they've seen because this whole pandemic thing has affected them in such a big way. Um, and then it's almost like shell shock. Fortunately for me, you know, we didn't slow down during COVID. So mm. I just dealt with the same depression issues that I've dealt with since, you know, I was a teenager or whatever. But, I mean, it is what it is. But I think that's I mean, a terrible was, way of looking at it, by the yeah, way. Keep in mind, none of this is professional medical advice. Don't just, it is yeah. what it is. It. Um, yeah, I yeah. mean, definitely don't. I mean, no, and that's one thing, too. Like, um, for the listeners out there, the one thing that I want to be very clear on is, you know, like with me and John, we joke around with it. We both dealt with it. So we're kind of, I guess, a little morbid towards yeah. it. Yeah. But at the same time, man, if you're dealing with any type, if you think you're dealing with depression, go talk to somebody, man. It's with men, you're four times more likely to suffer from depression and you're two to three times more likely to commit suicide or have suicidal yeah. thoughts over the female counterpart. So seriously, man, like don't, like try to man up and all that stuff, even though that's a huge slogan that we pull for. Like I said, we've all been there. We've all had those type of thoughts, like reach out to somebody. There's plenty of medical professionals. You've even got, you know, like new text lines and new online supports where you can teleconference. If you're not comfortable talking about it in front of people, there's medical professionals out there. And I highly suggest anybody who is even having those thoughts to reach out. And I'll throw out a good, a good contact, a good connection. Um, and actually, so, um, I'm actually a, a run ambassador, race ambassador, ultra marathon ambassador, whatever for uh, bigger than the trail. Um, so they're out there on the social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Insta, Instagram, all those, um, you know, if you need somebody to talk to, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a great organization. Um, you know, we, we do fundraisers throughout the year, um, all the all the athletes we try to do fun we do fundraisers on our own for the organization but the organization provides free counseling services for for many folks that apply um that's what our fundraisers are for or or to create those connections and create uh you know if you can't afford the visits then we, we provide or that organization provides that so bigger than the trail um, on social media platforms, uh, most of the folks on there, uh, the ambassadors especially, or, you know, we're runners, athletes. Um, and most of us are all dealing with the same stuff. So it's, it provides not only a team, uh, a way to raise money, but also a platform for us um, to speak and help each other and work with one another. Um, but they can also help you. Um, so if you find yourself out there looking and you're an athlete or even a fellow runner or whatever, bigger than the trail, check them out. Um, it's definitely a great resource. There's all kinds of online resources through that group. Um, 
I can't say enough about them. I've been under my ambassador for two years. This is my second year. Um, and it's it's a great group to support with like-minded folks. Um, you don't have to be a runner. Um, it just so happens that that's that's the culture, though. We're all ultra yeah. runners and trail runners and all those good things. Um, but, yeah, like it, just the statistically speaking, like where we are right now, um, I guess since the pandemic, some of just a couple of numbers, it's nearly 50 million or 19.86% of American adults experienced mental illness in 2019 or since 2019. Um, 4.58% of adults having serious thoughts of suicide has increased every year since 2011 to 2012. Um, and 15 point, almost 15.1% of youth experienced major episodes in the past year. That goes back to what we just discussed, you know, having proms and all those things get canceled and taken away. Yeah. Um, due to the pandemic, uh, I mean that that's a big shot for for juniors mm-hmm. and seniors that you know those are their big days. I mean that's a prom for a for a seventeen year old female is like a wedding day for a twenty two year old female. <laughs> I mean that's just a big deal. Yeah. Um, let's see. Hey. More than half of the adults with mental illness do not receive treatment, totaling over 27 million U.S. adults. It says 27 U.S. adults walking around like me, <laughs> and uh, and and you know, in a depressive state here and there. Um, I'm hopefully they're learning how to manage that. Uh, let's see. I don't want to talk about insurances and all that stuff, so that's not really no, that's not relevant. Um, yeah, I mean that's just st- some statistics. Mm. I was trying to find one with uh, about kid kids. Uh, let's see. Say kid kids. You know, young and young. <laughs> young and young. We're Ooh. talking about like under seven here, yeah, or like I'm talking like not youth. youth. But we already talked about the youth. One. I don't think they have too many statistics on anything other than youth. I don't think you can that's see a depressed shows. toddler. You could. Yeah, you can. I actually have a story about that we might get to later on. They're on throwing carrots at you. Yeah, it all sticks to youth. It's like 10.6, over 2.5 million youth in the U.S. have severe major depression. Mm -hmm. This rate was highest among youth who identify as more than one race at 14.5%. So, I mean, the numbers don't lie. No. Depression is a problem. Oh, it definitely is. And, you know, I mean, it's easy to say it's a normal part of life, too, yeah. you know, at this point. You know, I mean, way back when, yeah. they didn't really have stats on or statistics on depression because nobody yeah. really said they were depressed. You Suck know? it up, buttercup. Yeah. Suck it up, man up, keep yeah. going, you know. Yeah. And, two, you know, I mean, there is something to be said for the way life is much easier mm-hmm. now than it used to be. Honestly, people didn't have time to worry about other people. They worried about themselves. They worried about their crops, their livestock. Honestly, they didn't have time to be depressed. Yeah, and there was, I mean, mean? you didn't have social media. Yeah. Where you knew about everybody's Mm. ins and outs. Dude, you're talking about one of the worst thing on young women's mental state. Yeah. Social media is tearing people apart. I mean, it really is. It's absolutely terrible. 
I would, for the demographic. I would almost say, and I'm, I participate in social media, but mm-hmm. I've, I've really started to limit that and cut back how I participate in social media. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like, I, I feel like that's probably right or wrong. That's one of the biggest mistakes I think we've. I could see I, that. And I mean, it can be. It definitely can be. But one of the big things is why do you jump on social media, right? right. I always tell people, especially like those people are like, oh, hell, I don't get on Facebook anymore because of, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Social media is a tool like everything else. Mm-hmm. Take a hammer. You can build a house. You can hit yourself in the head. Yeah. You know, it just depends on how you use that tool. Right. For me, obviously, I use social media for marketing. You know, I'm in a lot of uh, groups to where I share information, yeah. talk to potential clients, stuff like that. But there's also like support groups on Facebook. Yeah. You know, I'm in a lot of support groups for like new dads and stuff like that. There's a lot of information to be had. There really is. But yeah, if you're just scrolling through Instagram, checking out, you know, all the dudes with big shoulders, big chest and the chicks and the thongs doing their butt workout. I mean, it can be a terrible thing for you, you know, not only is it wasting your time, but it's breaking down your reality Yeah. because you know, it's steroids, it's lighting, it's implants. It's a lot of fake people. There's not that many real people on social media. And I just, uh, I actually shared it on my Facebook. Imagine that <laughs> a couple of days ago. Yeah. I think it was Thursday or Friday. And it was like an in-depth look at the steroid use in social media influencers yeah. that were selling programs and diets and all that okay. stuff. And they actually talked to, I think they talked to like a dozen different influencers that were like big, um, I don't know what you call it. Like they had a big following. Yeah. I don't know what the actual term for it was. And they talk to them about their own personal steroid use and the person, the steroid use they see amongst their peers and stuff. Yeah. And dude, it was ridiculous, man. All right, it really was. <clears throat> I just think you know, it it was it was kind of those things. It was created here. It was, and there was like no map, no compass. Just here's this platform. Yeah. And so people just did what people do. Yeah. Hey, here's a billion people. Check it out and see who you like. And you, I mean, realistically, you cannot scroll through Facebook without seeing. You know, half of your people's followers follow it, whatever. Yeah. It's problems yeah. because everybody wants to share mm. their so problems. That's a huge thing that people have. Keep yeah. in mind, like, Facebook isn't Nothing's your, private anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's not whispering between friends here. Right. Like, you throw it up on Facebook, there's going to be a lot of people who are like, oh, look what this person did. Yeah. Screenshot, yep. send it. Is this you really talking about? Yeah. Like, there's going to be all kind of shit starters right. on Facebook, too. So don't air your dirty laundry out on your Facebook wall. Yeah, unless you don't just do enjoy that. I mean, if you enjoy the chaos, go for it. But that's yeah. still not going to be good for your mental health. You're going to hear a lot of stuff you don't want to hear mm-hmm. from people you don't want to hear it from. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of that might be the, you know, suck it up, mm. buttercup, mm-hmm. until, you're, until you're the one that's in that corner. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like, there is some value to there that. There is. Just shut up and move on. Like, I think there's a lot of value in that, especially but it's, it's how you use it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, especially, I mean, you know, I never try to devalue anybody's feelings for the most part, but there's some stuff that you can go, wait a minute, I don't know that that's really a... Yeah. I think that's more you just being whiny. Yeah. You know, I was about to say, man, like, one of my 19-year-old athletes come to me because him and his girlfriend are fighting. I'm like, dude, I don't care. Trust me, in two yeah. years, you ain't going to care either. Yeah. So let's put the work in. Let's get you the scholarship, and then we'll move on from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So that's the one thing about teens that I never thought I would understand. Like, you know, I was a teen. I had the bad breakups and oh, yeah, me all too, this man. stuff. I and then you look back at it, and you're like, oh, my 
God, man, I don't even remember her name. Yeah. I can picture her face, but I don't even remember but her see, first name. And that's the bad thing. I can remember <laughs> all their names. It's terrible, I man. Can't. Like we were we were going to Morganton last night and I was like, Oh yeah, I went out with a girl. Did I go out with her? No, we were in elementary school. I didn't really go out with her. I just saw her, you know, five days yeah. a week and we held hands at the lunchroom. Yeah. You know? But I was like, Oh yeah, her name was like Tiffany. You know, and you're like why am I? Why do I remember that? But I can remember every single one. I'm of not them. saying I don't remember any of them. I'm just saying, like, I remember the ones that I thought broke my heart. And I'm like, man, oh I, yeah. If I thought long and hard, or went back through one of my like high school yearbooks, yeah. I could probably point her out. But that's about it, man. Yeah, hey, I was really, a pure romantic back then, man. I was. I handled breakups terribly. It was terrible, <laughs> horrible. Suck it up, Buttercup. All right, this is depressing. Where do we go from here? That's where we're trying to get depressed first. No, no, no. no. That's a, that's a terrible idea. So, I mean, B. So, like, like we said, you know, there's lots of different ways, obviously, to deal with depression. There's those that go on and sit down with uh, somebody they don't know and they talk, you know. Um, And there's people like me who are like, that's just not my thing. Um, So I chose hobbies and and exercise um so the reality is is and, and my wife can flat out tell you like she knows if i've had a rough day or if i'm in a bad spot um just by whatever conversation we have whether it be an actual conversation or a text message i mean that's just how you get to know your spouse um so so on those days when i'm if i don't have an exercise or a workout program she may suggest that I go, hey, you should go get a run in. You should go get a... That way, when I come home, I'm, you know, leveled out. Um, so, yeah, can exercise help with depression? Oh, are you asking? I thought you meant a canned exercise, my bad. But, but yeah, so... Can it help? And how? Of course. So, you've got a couple different ways that it helps, right? So, the first and foremost you look at is always going to be the deepest aspect is hormone optimization right so whenever you work out you release cortisol cortisol is a stress hormone right and Mm -hmm. everybody the two main things that are are the two things that are most misunderstood especially in endocrinology are cortisol and inflammation right Right. both of those things are good things Mm -hmm. they really are cortisol is excellent for you that can actually be used as a fuel source well we ain't gonna get that deep into it Inflammation is good, too. You can't build muscles without having inflammation. Mm-hmm. The problem is when the faucet doesn't turn off, right? you right. got to have what they call hermetic stressors. So basically like eating vegetables, right? Vegetables mm-hmm. are absolutely terrible for the human body. They cause oxidative stress. They cause a ton of stuff to go wrong. What makes them good is the response it gives your body. Same thing as getting a fever or sitting in the sauna, mm-hmm. right? That's actually bad for you. But your body knows it's bad, so it fires up a response Mm -hmm. that helps you out big time afterwards. Right. So with cortisol and inflammation both, you want them for small amounts of time to get the response that you need, and then you want to recover past that, right? Right. So what does exercise do? Exercise helps your body produce and absorb serotonin. It helps out with, uh, oh my God, just left my head, dopamine. You get a ton of great um, responses from that exercise. You know, I mean, you know, the good stress is called U stress, EU stress, and that's still a stressor. So, like, 
getting a good workout in is the same response as having a cold. The only difference is how you recover off of that and what it does to your body. So one of the big things about exercise is, like I said, the what's called environmental impact. I really like that term <clears throat> because it's attacking your entire body. You're sweating. Your heart rate is up. Basically, your body goes in that fight or flight response for a brief time, and then you recover afterwards. That's where the cool down phase comes in. That's where the recovery between workouts come in. So that's one way it helps. Another way it helps is, you know, much like the quote that we mentioned, it helps you be in the moment. Yeah, It's really hard to think about what bills you got to pay, you know, how your ex-wife was giving you hell, how your kids didn't really care for you the last time they saw you, whenever you're you know, hitting three to five reps on bench press yeah. or you're deadlifting 90% of your max. You really have to be in the moment there. And that's a great thing. I'm not saying that none of those three things are important, but they don't have to be important 24 hours a day. Right. You need your you time. You know, same thing. People go for a run just to clear their head, you know. Leave your phone at the gym, just hammer down and go. Yeah. Just leave your life for a little bit. I firmly, stress free. I firmly, firmly believe that you have to learn to be able to have a conversation with yourself. Um, that is so tough sometimes. And it's, it may, now, people have those conversations differently. I have those conversations out loud sometimes. So people probably think I'm a wackadoodle. But you know what? As long as I get it worked out, you know, that's the important thing. I could care less what, at this point what people think. Yeah. But... There's so many people that are afraid to actually have a conversation with themselves because they think they think there's something wrong with that. Like, so running is my long opportunity, and sometimes it can be good, sometimes it can be bad. I mean, sometimes it starts out good, sometimes or sometimes it starts out bad, sometimes it ends good. It ends good. I mean, it just really depends on that conversation and what I'm really trying to deal with. But it gives me that time to deal with it and look at all the different aspects while I'm running. And then sometimes it's just, sometimes I just shut it all off and run, you know. Um, sometimes I just let, sometimes you just let the the angry parts fuel my run. Yeah. It, you know, and it, it just, there's lots of ways I look at that. And I mm. think it affects everybody differently. Yeah. Well, I mean, not only everybody, like it could be, you know, you need different things on different days. Yeah. Right. So whenever you need that kind of kick in the ass. To push on, mm -hmm. it's when you let the demons come out and play. That's yeah. what I always say every time I work out. That's my time to just cut loose. I'm yeah. going to have terrible thoughts, and I'm going to push until those terrible thoughts go away. Right. So <clears throat> that's a big thing about it. And two, whenever even journaling, you know, like yeah. if you look at a structured journal plan, it's always reflection. It's always the things you're grateful for. It's what you accomplish today, what you want to accomplish tomorrow, mm -hmm. and whatever affirmations you have. You know, yeah. if you get a structured journal, those are usually the five templates that come along with that. So whenever you're running or whatever you're lifting, let that stuff go through your head too. But the big thing, the two biggest things within that that I have found was what you're grateful for. I mean, you don't have to wait till Thanksgiving to appreciate life, yeah. you know. So, oh my God, I still say, you know, all the time. Yeah. All the time. You know. It's terrible. But you always want to look at what you're grateful for. And that's one of the big things that helped me whenever I start going into a depressive state, you know, or whenever I've got something big coming up that can go right or go very wrong. And I just start getting panicked about it and freaking out about it. The big thing that I look at is what are the staples in my life and what am I extremely grateful for? Yeah. Go for that. And then your affirmations, you know, and <laughs> I'm sorry. 
So your affirmations don't have to be something that you just keep repeating like a religious pamphlet or pamphlet. Now I've just screwed up my entire speech pattern because I'm trying to fight saying, you know, much like a mantra. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So just think about... Think about what you want to achieve in life or think about a time where you felt the most powerful. What words come out of that thought? And then go for that. And that's your personal mantra. It really is. It can be as simple as that. It can be two words. It can be a sentence. Oh, yeah. Anything that you need to get you fired up to do what you need to do or to make you feel better about doing what you need to do. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 kind of how I do things. Yeah. it's huge, man, and it's so easy, especially for parents. Like we talked about before, unless you're a deadbeat. If you're a deadbeat, we only want you to listen to this. But if you're an active dad, please keep listening to the Active Dads podcast. But still, man, you've got something to live for. You know, you've always got something to be grateful for. Yeah. And that's one of my biggest things. Every time I talk about the things that I'm grateful for, my wife and my son are at the top of the list. Everything else follows behind. Yeah, and I mean— yeah, that's and that's exactly my outlook, or most of my outlook. And you know, you got to also surround yourself with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, goal-driven, oriented people. And sometimes you guys, I was about to say that's not always like-minded. <laughs> you know, yeah. they say if and I was you ready hang to, out with five millionaires, you're gonna be the sixth millionaire. You hang out yeah. with five crackheads, you're gonna be the sixth crackhead. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, you know, <laughs> and and sometimes you have to surround your, yourself with like-minded people, but some of those people need to be some of those God, I don't even know how to I don't know where you're trying to go or I throw your rope. Yeah, like make sure those you don't people want are everybody driven. to be so like minded that they agree with everything that you no, say of or you do. just have to have one thing in common. Like I can tell you flat out, like um one of one of the people that that does a lot has helped me a lot and 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 just my, I guess my personal, some of my personal battles and things is Pennell. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and it's not so much that he's like-minded, it's because he, he's, he'll fight out tell you what he thinks and he doesn't care. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you know he cares, but he doesn't care to tell you what you need to hear. Yeah. Because he cares, you know well, what I'm saying? that's a friend. Like it's you can like, always sugarcoat it. Yeah, yeah. Or you just give it to them straight. Right. Yeah, and keep in mind, like, those people are like, oh, I'm just brutally honest. Yeah. No, you're probably an asshole. That just gives right. you an out by saying brutally honest. You yeah. can be brutally honest and not be an asshole about right. it. And he'll flat out tell you he's yeah. an asshole. I mean, you know, he, he flat out says it. But, you know, I I do appreciate that because there's been a lot of things that I've, or some, some not a lot of things, but some struggles I've had where he just said, well, this is, this is what, why you're here this is where you what you need to do to get there and you go oh huh and you apply it and it's like oh well it's a lot better you know um so i mean you got to surround yourself with people like that but you know it's like i guess that's why i don't like jump into whole like group therapy session stuff because i feel like that for me that might not work so well just to hear everybody's Never Same know to each Maybe not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think support groups are. I'm definitely awesome. not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying I've mm. never jumped into that realm. Yeah, um, and me neither. I, I have. Really I mean, I have worked with. A, I did work with. 
there was a few years that I had a good friend um, in the uh, in the in the church that was a his that his job was a counselor, um, and I had some stuff come up, and I spent some time with him, um, strictly counseling, um, which did help. It did help me see a lot of a lot of the reasons why I react and respond to the things and and where those things to lead have led to some anxieties and, and depressions and just ability to go back and dwell on those things. Um, but he also gave me some pretty good tools on how to, how to work with that. Um, but I still go back, you know, and exercise and fitness. It's, it's usually my best way. Yeah. And it can um, be part of an entire plan. The yeah. one thing that I cannot stand, especially about those who, how do I put this? So I've had clients that I've talked to and they're on, you know, various medication for yeah. mental disorders, be it bipolar, depression, anxiety, all that stuff. They're almost they're almost ashamed when they tell me that they're on that medication yeah. or that they're talking to a counselor. And I try to just nip that in the butt right off the bat. Yeah. I tell them it is nothing. If I look at my boss and say, hey, I've got my yearly physical coming up. I need to leave early. Like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. But if you look at your boss, be like, hey, I got a meeting with my psychiatrist. Like, ooh, like, what's what's going on? Like, what I do? Yeah. It's cool for you to get your yeah. body checked out once a year, but it's not cool for you to get your mind checked out. I think yeah. that's a taboo that seriously needs to go away. I had a good conversation with an employee a couple of weeks ago, um, and I, I think he was, it was like, it was the first conversation we had, I mean, We'd had conversations before, but it was the first like conversation where it kind of went personal. And he, I don't think he expected me to go. Hey, this is it's fine, man. This is what I do. I was like, you know, you need to talk anytime. I mean, if I'm if it's four or five o'clock and we're sitting in this office talking and it's helping you, I don't care. Like, not only do I care you as an employee, but I, if I care about you as a person, so if I can help in any way whether it be talking to you or helping you through this or talking about experiences I've had to help you through this, then by all means, I'm here for that. And it was kind of like, wow, like, really? You know, I'm like, man, I've done this many times. I've been in my office with the door shut until 5, 6 o'clock or later in the evening talking to somebody about issues they're having at home, you know. Um, and that's, you know... That's the thing. There's a, there is a stigma, and that's one of the things that Bigger Than the Trail talks about is trying to break the stigma around mental health issues. Like, And I, I personally, I don't understand it, like why there is that stigma. Um, I don't either, man. I've been to it. I remember as a kid, I was about seven or eight, I had some very, very bad anger issues, yeah. and I had to see a counselor for a year and a half. And I went through a stint of depression from 13 to 14 yeah. to where I had to see a counselor again. Different one. Um, the first one was like a school-mandated yeah. counselor. You know, I was in elementary school, so they just kind of pulled me out of class for an hour. Yeah. Got to draw pictures, talk about things. You know, she was very good. I think I got more benefit out of her than the one I met when I was a teenager. Right. So, like I said, I've been through that twice. And I don't. I think that's why I don't see the stigma to it because I've actually been right. in those situations. But yeah, like I said, get some help. Talk yeah. to somebody. You know, I, mean, I don't. I don't. I just don't feel that I've ever met somebody or anybody, in, in fact, that has it all together that hasn't been through something 
no tragic or something that affected them in a negative way. Yeah. Life doesn't work so. that way. So, yeah. like, cut that crap out. Cut the stigma crap. Be willing to talk to people. Meet people mm-hmm. where they are. And realize that you ain't got it together. They ain't got it together. We ain't got it together. Was that not, like, the biggest lie that you thought of as a kid? It's like, oh, adults have their stuff together. Oh, God, yeah. I can't wait till I become an adult and have this yeah. all figured out. And yeah. you become an adult and I'm like, wait. This is stupid. This, this is not how that works. Yeah. Can I go back? <laughs> this you is know? more dumb than whenever I was in elementary school. That made right. sense back then. Yeah. yeah. Now, like, I have to make sense of it myself. That's yeah. That's not how it works. Yeah, and manage somebody else's feelings now, yeah. for God's sakes. And being, yeah. oh, what? Yeah. Yep. No, I just, Yeah. So how else does exercise help out in depression? Yeah, I think we, I don't know, I think we really touched on it. You know, I, I mean. I think we did or we didn't? I think we did. I mean, to, I guess on my end, I, I think mm. I think structure, I th- it creates structure in your life. It creates, mm. uh, it, it, you create goals. Um, and some yeah. of those goals may be things like you could be, de- your depression could be based around mm. uh, your weight. Your depression yeah. can be based around your eating habits. Well, okay, so you work with a you work with a trainer. Um, they get you on a diet and nutrition regimen. Yeah. There you go. Like, well, the big things, and like we'll talk about changing habits later mm-hmm. on, which is what you're kind of getting into. Right. I was kind of planning that for yeah. the next podcast. But um, a couple of the other ways is a you realize that you can do hard stuff. Oh yeah. You know, think about when you were in the Yeti 100. Yeah. It was absolutely terrible preparing for it because your anxiety was going through the roof. All oh, right. Yeah. You felt like you were working your ass off and it's really hard to train for something like that because you're not going to run a hundred miles training to run for a hundred miles. Right. So you knew the mountain was always ahead of you. And while you were doing it, it's even worse then, right? Oh, yeah. Cause you're putting one foot in front of the other and you realize, cool, all the training is going to come up to what happens today yep. or tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know? So, after you knock it out, the anxiety's gone, the performance is gone. Now you're left in basically the afterglow. I, I know that's a terrible term for it, but that's just what I always thought of it as. You're left in the afterglow of you just did something absolutely terrible. You just did something the human body wasn't designed yeah. to do. Now, it doesn't have to be a 100-mile race. Maybe you go through a terrible 30-minute kettlebell workout. You yeah. see the work ahead of you. You get halfway through it. And you're like, I'm going to die. I cannot finish this. I can't breathe. My muscles are burning. I still got 10 minutes left in this workout. And then you knock it out. And whenever you change, you put your clothes back on in the locker room. You're like, man, that workout was great. That's when that dopamine hits you. Yeah. When that epinephrine is running through your system, you're like, whoo, man, that's the best feeling in the world to me is that 15 minutes after a ridiculously hard workout or a rough, you know, free rowing session during jujitsu just that time afterwards is what made that time working out or training worth it yeah i mean that's the most bliss i feel every day Yep. and i'm very happy that i'm able to like put myself through that as much as possible now me on the other hand i'm the guy that went and got through the yeti did the yeti had that little bit of a glow afterwards but then went right into that it's over (laughs) oh god what about next year (laughs) no i went into that it's over. I'm I'm now depressed because all this effort, all this work, all this I put into this one race and it's over. And then you stupidly sign up again for the next year because you want to have and want to have that feeling again. Yeah. Chasing that high. And man. see those are the things that I deal with. Like there's like holidays. 
Mm-hmm. The holidays, Christmas holiday, Thanksgiving holiday. What do we do? We we take all this time off, and we just spend it with our families, and we hang out with our families, and we eat with our families, and, and you we work do out all while these you're things. Home. That way, you feel great. You work out while you're home, <laughs> um, unless you roll your ankle again. Um, <laughs> but yeah. you know, instead of practice practicing this stuff throughout the year like most people we all get busy we all get bogged down with work we all get bogged down with this or that so we build up these holidays we build up these moments we build up these races and we go and we do them and then it all goes back to normal after it's over with and we go crap back into that state of Mm. oh my god this is all over i mean so that's one reason to build small goals around big goals Mm -hmm. right and you know like i said you're kind of still chasing that push, but you can do it every single day. That's why I yeah. always try to talk to my clients about maintaining their exercise. I mm-hmm. take the week off for Christmas. I send them, here's three or four workouts. Do all four of them or pick two or three of them. Yeah. Try to knock it out. Just keep that habit built to where you continuously remember why you do it in the first place. Yeah. So you always want to stay active, and that's one of the big reasons why people get depressed around the holidays is a, you know, not everybody likes or cares for their family. You know, maybe you feel like the black sheep or you're the failure of the family or whatever. Maybe you don't have family to celebrate the holidays with, which would be absolutely terrible. I feel very, very sorrowful for those people. Mm -hmm. But another one is you're completely off of your schedule. You know, with me, I'm a very anxious person. You know, I'm, I stay anxious year round. Oh, yeah. So when I have a structured schedule, a Monday through Friday, I feel great during that because that's my cool. I know what's going next. I know yeah, what I just man. did. I know what I'm doing yeah. now. I know how much time I have until my next client gets here. I can keep it structured and I can keep it on schedule. And that makes my anxiety levels go way down. Yeah. Whenever I take that week off, I'm like, I should, I should be doing something. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. why? Is it okay that I'm watching TV right now? I should, I should, I should be, be on working out. I should be building a new program. I should be shooting some video. Like, I should be doing something. And that's my kind of anxiety of the future, right? I'm kind of living in the future. Oh, yeah. I should be planning now for what I'm going to do later. And everybody's like, oh, oh, you, uh, you need to take a week off and don't worry about running over Christmas. Yeah. I'm eating cookies. I'm gonna, I got to run. I got to <laughs> run in. I got to get a bike ride in. Yeah. Who, who wants to go for a bike ride? Nobody. Yeah. Who wants to go for Nobody. And that kind of leads into the third point that I really see within clients is once you start working out and you start seeing those gains. And remember, when you start talking about genetic potential, you'll make about 80% of your potential gains within the first two, two and a half years of a heavy training schedule. Yeah. So you're going to see drastic body composition or body recomposition. Yeah. Changes in body composition. And the big thing about that, is whenever you look better, you feel better. Yeah. And I've told clients about this before. And they're like, yeah, maybe. I'm like, no, no maybe to it. This weekend, when you go get groceries, I want you to wear flip-flops, um, pajama bottoms, and a T-shirt. Go get groceries. Next weekend, I want you to wear your Sunday best and go get groceries. Yeah. And tell me you don't act differently whenever you're wearing those clothes. Oh, yeah. The better you look, the better you feel. I mean, I've That's got how the, it is to it. I got the muffin top thing going on right now. It's just totally <laughs> killing me, you know. And everybody's like, no, don't worry about it. It'll be going in spring. I'm like, no, I want it going right now. I don't, you know. Not everybody. What I tell you to do. I don't remember. I told you to send me 10 goals, and then we'll start hashing down see where your next training phase needs to go. Oh. So don't say everybody. 
I didn't give you some open-ended words of encouragement. I didn't know that anything to do with my muffin top. No, it has to do with where's your face going. Oh, are we yeah. good with you having the muffin top now? Or are we going to start doing some metabolic conditioning? Or are we going to start doing a cut? Because you got the muffin top because, A, you weren't controlling the diet. Let's be honest here. And, B, you are going for hypertrophy. We were lifting heavy. You're going to yeah. add body fat whenever you start adding muscle mass. That's yeah, true. You can't serve two masters, man. You really can't. Not at your level. You're either going to get muscle or you're going to stay lean and stay metabolically charged. It's one or the other. That's why you do everything in phases. And that was the last week of your phase. That's why I said, send me 10 goals and we'll hash it down and plan towards your goals. goals. So I don't even want to hear that everybody just gave me open-ended words of encouragement because I didn't. I gave you a plan. He gave me a plan. Yeah. But he didn't tell me what the plan was exactly for. You don't need to know the plan because you get anxious. That's true. (laughs) Now I'm anxious. I'm like shaking over here. I work around your mental disability. Thank you. That's not no stigma. I give you the information you need to know, and then I give you the work you need to do. You don't need to see the big plan because the big plan gets you scared. I don't need you scared. I need you controlled. I don't tell you what you want to know. I tell you what you need to know, and that's it. Smart woman. No. No encouragement. But anyways, so the three things that help out whenever you start talking about this, you know, and there's a fourth thing too, you know, I didn't really think about this, but the social aspect of it, like we talked about your social Mm -hmm. aspect going to work. A lot of people join jujitsu. I personally joined jujitsu for the social aspect of it. Yeah. I never really had a lot of friends. I was an introvert and it's easy for me to just like hop online and play video games for 12 hours and never leave the house. I'm perfectly fine with that. One of my favorite jobs was um, running the five-axis lathe in the machine shop. Yeah, I could cut on an audio book and not talk to a single person 10 hours a day. Yeah. It was great for me, but it was terrible because I was pretty socially inept. Yeah. I didn't know how to talk to people. Well, okay. I obviously had to get over that becoming a personal trainer. But whenever I joined jiu-jitsu, I'm like, oh, it's a bunch of freaks and geeks like yeah. me that like to – play this like weird game with this certain rule set yeah i really like this and that's what got me stuck in jujitsu yeah i mean that's the thing like it goes back to like creating habits and things like that like <clears throat> yeah i long for vacation with my family and it's one of those things like when the you know you're moving when the vacation's coming to an end i tend to get a little depressed a little anxious because we're gonna go back into the normal grind of everything but at the same time it's I'm kind of ready to go back to the grind and get back to those conversations and those relationships with those people that I haven't seen for the last for the last week or two, whatever it is. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's just creating habits and structure in your life um, that helps a lot. And I will say, there's a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of people online that you can follow that that you know that can help. Um, just stuff they post. So I'm into all things western and and cowboys and all that good stuff and always have been and so one of my favorite people that i follow on the on the uh of the book of faces um and i suggest you follow him especially if you just like some motivation not i'm not like crazy about like motivational videos and all that stuff but he puts on some really good really good stuff and last night i was kind of thinking hey we're gonna get back in the grind you know and and you know that 6 30 kind of depression hits me on Sundays where it's like I'm going to go back to you know the normal the grind people complaining the gripes the bitches and all that stuff that I don't really have to deal with on the weekends um so the converse cowboy man is just he's a great great dude 
um, Facebook, Instagram. He he put some really cool stuff on there. Um, but the one he posted this morning, which I saw before I came to work, which was great, and it's just simply him holding the sign, which he does these a lot, um, the cardboard cutout signs. And it just said, someone out there feels better because you exist. You know? I mean, sometimes that's all somebody needs to hear. Like, especially if you're one of those that's, you know, in a tight, in a tight spot, toeing the line, thinking nobody gives a crap. There's always somebody out there that you make their life better. Um, but he's always got great, great insight um, and just motivational stuff, stuff about success. Uh, so check him out. Yep, the Converse Cowboy on the social webs great tool helps me out like i said i mean you know just getting moving getting going in the store and get my mind right you know since my wife got to sleep in an extra two hours because they were on a three-hour delay um <laughs> and then rubbed it in my face when i went up to tell her goodbye this morning but she basically kicked me out she's like so i get a three-hour delay so i want to sleep get out of here oh yeah sorry hopefully i don't wreck an ice on the way to work but okay enjoy your three hours of extra sleep which turned into a full day out off work um, but yeah, I mean, that was just one of those things. Like it got my mind in a better place. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Any type of little joy, any type of little tool like that helps. Mm-hmm. It really does. And following people who, I want to say have been through the struggle, but not necessarily been through the struggle, just understand the struggle to the yeah. point to where they do share stuff like that. It's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. You know? Yeah. When it comes to, when it I don't share a lot of personal stuff. I mean, I'll share pictures and photos and things like that. That's pretty much my use of social media. And through, like, Bigger Than the Trail and things like that, even, like, Converse Cowboy, I'll share some of his stuff. I'm, when it comes to, like, me dealing with anxiety and depression, I'm pretty open about it. Um, and not because I won't, I, trust me, I don't need anybody's pity or want it. But basically, just to let people know that I know, hey, there's other people going through the same stuff. Mm-hmm. There's always somebody to talk to about it because we're going through the same stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's that's the way I kind of use social media. That's the best way to use it, man. Social media should always add to your life, not take away from it. And the last thing I want should. people thinking I'm just some perfect person living this yeah. perfect life. That's just not true. Mm. I have a great life, and I have great yeah, people in my life and people mean, I love, but still... Even, and that's one of the biggest things about it is if you share your struggles on social media, you may get some motivation behind it. You may get somebody to talk to, but you're also going to get a lot of negative stuff. Oh, God, yeah. And like we talked about before, you're going to get a lot of the, oh, yeah, I've been there too. Oh, I've been through that. You know, the people almost boasting about the hardship that they had, and that's one oh, of the yeah. things I cannot stand. Yeah. You want to be helpful? Cool. You want to make it about you? Like, piss off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I've... I can't, you kind of have to find a way to frame it yeah. where it looks more like a, hey. Um, just do it for your close friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Send Which, a text message. Don't send a post. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would never. Make a call. Yeah, don't don't go live. Anybody yeah. Or go live. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, man. I believe that is it for today. Anything to add? No. I'm good. No. Cool. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um I guess we'll be back next week. Ooh, maybe. Valentine's Day. That's my anniversary. I will not be here. That's your anniversary? Okay, yeah. Cool. So we will not talk to you next week. We will talk to you the week after. Unless my wife kicks me out this weekend. (laughs) 
All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Bye. Later.